I've told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Christ is making his plan with the apostles about when he departs, when he ascends to the Father. And he entrusted them the Holy Spirit, that he will teach them everything and remind them of everything that he's told them. Now, in the first reading, we see the apostles use this awareness that they have the Holy Spirit. And they use it to solve a certain dispute, whether a person needs to be circumcised or not in order to be baptized. And in that dispute, what the apostles say is interesting. It is the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us not to place on you any burden beyond these necessities. That is, you do not have to be circumcised in order to be baptized. Why does any of this matter at all? The church is recognizing its ability to make law, its ability to make rules. And they have to do this right now, and they're having this dispute because the apostles are thinking to themselves, wait, when did Jesus say whether we need to be circumcised or not in order to be baptized? Let's think, let's think. When did he say that? Oh, wait, he didn't say that. So now, entrusted the Holy Spirit to us, we begin to think, what does Jesus desire us to say? And to them, it's clear that Jesus desires them to say, it is not necessary for us to be circumcised in order to be baptized. Now, just a few lines, they say, what is necessary? Is necessary to abstain from meat sacrificed to idols, from blood, from meats of strange animals. The only one, the strangled animals, the only one that uh, probably pertains to us is the last one, and from unlawful marriage. And from unlawful marriage. So tonight, I want to talk about, we know, because we see it in Scripture right here, that the apostles and the church has the authority to make law, to make rules, because Christ gave her that authority. But I want to talk about probably the rule, the law, that gets most Catholics outside of the church and going to other churches, and that is specifically, why do I need to be married in a church? Why do I need to be married in a church? Now, I would like to say this, that it's kind of a strange law in comparison to other laws of the church. There's some that are more obvious, right? That I need to have bread and wine in order to say Mass. If I don't have bread and wine in order to say Mass, I can't say Mass. Why? Because that's what Jesus Christ himself used. He used bread, he used wine. But this one isn't immediately apparent. Again, in the same way that Christ doesn't say you have to be circumcised in order to be baptized or you don't have to be circumcised in order to be baptized, he doesn't say you have to be in a, in a church building in order to get married if you are a Catholic. He does not say that. And so I want to talk about then the historical foundations of it and then the best way to make sense of it. First, it is worth saying this is what is called an ecclesiastical law. 
It is not divine law, as in it does not come directly from the lips of Jesus. It is an ecclesiastical law, which means that it can change. It means that it hasn't always necessarily been there. But just because it can change, and because it hasn't always been there, doesn't mean that it's any less binding. Because Jesus Christ himself said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So it is binding. The law does matter. So why does it exist? Because the church is a public place, historically. The church is a public place. If you've seen the movie Braveheart, you know at the beginning of the movie that William Wallace, the main character, knows that in order for him to marry this one woman, he has to do it in the woods. He has to do it privately. Because the person who leads the nation there establishes this thing called prima nocta, which isn't worth talking about. But it would have been, he would have been in trouble had he married this woman in public. And so the church, though, requires that we get married in public. Why? Because it's common, uh, or maybe not so much in America, but the church is universal, but it's more common, maybe than not, that a person gets married and no one knows about it. For instance, if you've seen other movies, you've seen where, you know, the, the... a uh, couple is about to exchange their vows, and then the officiant says, does anyone object to the marriage? And then inevitably someone says, yes, I object because I love them. Well, that wasn't really what would happen back in the day. What would happen is, yes, I object because I know that Joe is married to Lucy, who lives in Delcom. You know, she lives like right down the road. That's why I object. Because it turns out Joe is actually married right now. So the reason why then that we have to be married in church in this public place is because the church has always been, at least pragmatically, practically, the Catholic church keeps the best records of any ceremony of any organization hands down. You can go to any Catholic church and since this institution, find all the records that are kept. And so marriage is such a sacred thing that it must be kept. It is of utmost importance that it be protected. But the reasons go far beyond that, of course. That's maybe the most pragmatic of reasons. The church is also the sacred place. The church is where we receive all of our sacraments. But strangely, again, about this law, sacraments can be performed outside of the church. Priests say mass outside of church all the time. Baptisms happen in emergency situations, whatever, all the time outside of the church. Confessions can be heard in an ambulance. And anointings mostly happen in hospital beds. So why is it then that this sacrament in particular has to happen inside of a church? There is one other sacrament that happens always inside of a church, and that is the sacrament of holy orders, whenever a priest is ordained. Whenever a priest is ordained, he is ordained in the church because he is receiving one of the two sacraments of service, because he will be ordained in the church where he will serve in the church. It is the place where he will give his life for the church. 
And similarly, marriage, and this is not emphasized enough, is a sacrament of service and not a sacrament of self-fulfillment. Marriage is a sacrament of service and not a sacrament of self-fulfillment. So a person then gets married in the church. Why? Because it is not just between the husband and the wife. It is between the whole church. Whenever the married person gives his life over to his wife, he is not just simply giving it to his wife, but he is evangelizing who his children the life that is going to come out of this sacrament of service. He is going to be of service, and he's going to show to the rest of the church what is Christ's love for his church in the way in which he loves his own spouse, his own bride. Marriage happens within a church building because marriage is a sacrament of service to the church even more so about the significance of this building, is where Mass is ordinarily celebrated. And marriage happens in front of the altar. And the altar is where Christ lays down his life for us when we attend Mass in his body and blood sacramentally. And so the altar is the place in which Christ becomes our bridegroom and we are his bride because we receive his body and his blood in the reception of the Holy Eucharist. Now, this goes on into more and more importance because the person who is married in the church, if they desire to have God as the center of their marriage, this will be the center of their marriage on this altar where they give themselves over in, this, in their own body and blood to one another, and Christ refreshes that gift in the Eucharist. But there's a further question then, is if Catholics have to get married in the church, why don't other people? Why is it that my cousin, who is not Catholic, can be married on the beach and I call that a valid marriage, but if I get married on the beach and I am Catholic, the church says, no, actually you're not married. It's a good question. And it's because of the sacrament of baptism. I'll get to that in a second. But in its foundations, for maybe the cousin, you know, for cousin Jim, who is not Catholic, gets married on the beach, the church says, Jim is married. He's legitimately married. It's because marriage, ever since the beginning of creation, has been a natural good. Adam and Eve, married. Does the Catholic Church exist yet? Nope, but they're truly married. Or Jewish people, married. Yes, they're really married. They don't need to be married in the Catholic Church. Why? Because, again, marriage is a natural good. However, Whenever God became man in the person of Jesus Christ, he took the sacrament of marriage and he lifted it up to a supernatural good so that those who are baptized in the person of this God-man 
those who are baptized in the person of Jesus Christ. For them, marriage is supernatural. Why? Because in baptism, when you were baptized, when I was baptized, my nature was taken up into a supernature. Your nature was taken up to a supernature in the sense that now God himself and his Holy Spirit dwells in you and in me. That we are all temples of the Holy Spirit. To where now if Jim gets baptized, then it's not only Jim who loves Lucy, it's Jim and the Holy Spirit dwelling within him who loves Lucy. That there are three, in a sense, involved in this marriage. And because marriage is taken up then by Christ to the supernatural level, it is appropriate that marriage takes place inside of a church building. The place where God gives his life for us is the place that we, with God living within us, give our life over to our spouse. And so, what do we have to make of all this? The reason why I talk about this is because we all know someone, or perhaps we are someone, who has been married outside of the church. Or perhaps we know someone, or we are someone, who is preparing for marriage, and that marriage is going to happen outside of the church. Perhaps we are someone, or know someone, who is not yet married, and has to make that decision whether they get married at a nostalgic, sentimental place or in the church. And in conclusion, the reasons are the, the sacrament of marriage is not a sacrament of self-fulfillment, it's a sacrament of service. It's to give myself with the Lord to one another, but also to the church. It is a public act, and it is a supernatural act for those who are baptized. Now, then we have to talk about what's the solution, because this is such a common problem. Again, people are going in droves to Our Savior's Church or whatever other church because perhaps they've been married outside of the church and now realize, uh-oh, perhaps I'm not welcome. Well, I'd like to dispel a few myths. One, the process of blessing a marriage, technically called the convalidation, is a very simple process. It happens all the time. It costs no money. It can happen in private with two witnesses. It's a very simple process. So convalidation is not some drawn-out thing or something where you know you have to come in and say, hey, Father, I was married outside the church, and then get slapped on the wrist or something like that. No. You come in, get the marriage convalidated. It happens all the time. I think the second thing is um, what are some other myths about, well, I've been married outside of the church, so that means, well, I can't raise my kids in the faith. I can't have my kids baptized. That's not true either. The only thing that's necessary for a child to be baptized is for someone to raise them in the faith. And so a person who is married outside of the church, still attend mass, can still raise the, the child Catholic, can still raise their child within the faith. The other thing is, well, I'm married outside of the church, so... You know, I can't get my mom buried in the church. No, that's her decision to be buried in the church, to have a Catholic funeral. There's nothing to do with a person who's married outside of church. And again, it's very simple to get a convalidation. Just to reach out to the church office at pretty much any parish, but uh, my self or father, Bruce, would be happy to take care of that. And as well, the question of annulments 
You know, let's say that let's say that Jim became Catholic, right? Jim's Catholic now, and he decides, well, I'm still going to get married on the beach. Well, whenever he gets married on the beach, guess what? The church, the, the marriage never happened. It was invalid, right? Because Jim's nature has been raised to that supernatural level. He needs to be married in the church. Well, let's say Jim, you know, doesn't work out with Lucy. But then a couple decades later, Jim meets Stacy. And Jim says, well, Stacy, I want to get married, but I need an annulment. For those, again, because that person was not married in the church, but married on the beach, that annulment process goes by very quickly. When I say very quickly, I mean about a week's time. Because it's easy to show, oh, this person was never married in the church, it's invalid. And so in conclusion, all of this minutia about being married in a church building, and that's all about why is that such a big deal, um, is because marriage for Christ is incredibly important. Marriage is the one and the most fundamental way in which we understand love as a human person. The Lord loves marriages because he loves love, because God himself is love. The first place in which Christ makes himself public is at a wedding in Cana. The last words before he dies, in the Latin translation, consummatum est, it is consummated. The Lord gives himself to us in marriage. So the Lord cares deeply about this sacrament. He cares deeply that it's sacred, and so does the church.